This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Monday afternoon. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks so much for hanging out with me this afternoon. I've told you before... I'm a bit of an organizer when it comes to planning my meals for the week. I've done this for many years. I always think, okay, it takes the stress out of my week if I know what I'm making. I know I can get the groceries. I can plan what I'm going to have. And as I prepared for today's conversation, this half hour, I thought, what a privilege. You know, you sometimes we begrudge, oh, I got to get groceries. Oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Think of places in this world that don't have that privilege. You know, I always think we can turn any complaint on its head when we look at, wait, what do other people deal with? And that's why I am so pleased to introduce Magnus McFarlane Barrow. He is the founder of Mary's Meals, and he is in Calgary for a very special presentation at Calgary's Clearwater Academy tonight. Magnus, thanks so much for dropping by the studio. Thank you for having me on. Great to be here. Do you think it's true? Sometimes we forget how privileged we are when it comes to just buying a meal. Yeah, I know I certainly do at times, yeah. Now you have to tell me about Mary's Meals, and I guess you've got to go back maybe even before Mary's Meals. Give me a, a bit of a snapshot, the story, how it all began. So, uh, well, if the truth be told, it began in a, a bar in Scotland over a pint of beer one night, 1992, uh, talking to my brother about a news bulletin we just watched that evening about how refugees were suffering in Bosnia at that time during the war there. And we hatched a plan to try and do one small thing to help and, and we launched a little appeal locally asking people for food and clothing. Um, and about three weeks after that conversation in, in the bar, found ourselves driving this small truck of aid over to Bosnia, delivering it there came home thinking it would be back to work as normal. I was a salmon farmer then and uh, got this huge surprise when I returned to Scotland to find this avalanche of, of donations pouring into our home and suddenly realised it was going to be a lot harder to turn this off than it had been to turn it on. So um, I thought about it and prayed about it and decided to give up my job and I sold my house and somebody gave me a truck and I just began driving that back and forth to, to Bosnia. And that's how... This work, my involvement in this work began, and and uh, yeah, been doing this sort of thing ever since. How many pints did you have that night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I always say it was the first miracle in the story that Fergus and I hatched a plan in a pub that actually happened. That was that was amazing enough. It was a first, definitely. Uh, but yeah. I love that story. Fergus is your brother, yeah. Fergus and Magnus, because I think oftentimes people are impacted by something they see in the news. And they really think, oh, right, uh, I'm this one person. What difference can I make? Was that sort of the initial thought when you said, well, we've got to do something, but we're just a couple of guys here? Yeah, very much. And it certainly wasn't meant to be anything beyond that one little effort. You know, really didn't think beyond that. And, and uh, as I say, pretty amazed we even managed to do that, let alone thinking it would become my life's work or that we would found an organization or anything like that. That was 92, but at that time, Mary's Meal wasn't even in your in your head. Uh, absolutely. So it, it was born 10 years later. Uh, so between 92 and 2002, um, we did lots of work under the name Scottish International Relief, the first organisation we founded. And that work was very disparate, lots of different um, things responding to needs in different parts of the world, no real focus or, or theme. 
And then in 2002, this work of Mary's Meals was born. That, that year was a terrible year of famine in Malawi in southeast Africa. And we were there um, doing emergency feeding, taking food into villages where people had literally, you know, were literally facing starvation. And during the course of that work, I met this family. Uh, the father of the family had already died and the mother was dying when I met them. And she had her six children with her. And she said to me, you know, there's nothing left for me now except to pray that somebody will look after my children when I'm gone. And then I, I started talking to her, her oldest child beside her. He was called Edward. He was about 14 years of age. And at one point in the conversation, I, I asked Edward, you know, what are your hopes? What are your ambitions in, in life? Maybe it's like you'd ask any young person you meet for the first time. What do you want to become when you grow that up? That kind yeah. of thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I suppose partly I was trying to lighten the conversation because it was such a dark kind of, you know, yeah. situation we found ourselves in there. And he looked at me and he said, I'd like to have enough food to eat and I would like to be able to go to school one day. And that was it. That was the extent of his ambition at, at 14 years of age and that was something that we'd encountered over and over again in the years before that we kept meeting children who were out of school because of hunger because they were working or begging or doing whatever it takes to put the next meal on the table and therefore missing out on education and their only possible ladder out of poverty so Mary's Meals really in many ways is a response to Edward's words you know and and to the plight of millions of children like him um, and the response is simply to provide one good meal every day in a place of education. Where does the tin shed come in? Well, going back to 92, when we when we had that little appeal to collect things uh, for Bosnia, I said to my dad, uh, any chance I could borrow your shed for a week or two to, to collect store things? things? To store things, <laughs> exactly. So he's never got it back all these years later. So it's become my office and the, the so-called global HQ of this movement as it grows around the world. Uh, Mary, you've got to tell me who Mary is. So Mary's the mother of Jesus. Uh, we're a non-denominational organization, universal, universal mission, open to people of all faiths and no faiths. And um, But those of us who founded it had a particular devotion to, to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary's Meals. Now, when you say you made sure, and, and I, I love that idea of Edward just saying, I want to be able to have a meal so that then maybe I can go to a, a school. We, we don't realize it. And, and it's right here. We, we have that need right here in Calgary as well. The importance of getting that breakfast, maybe even that lunch, because a child can't learn with a growling stomach. Exactly. And, and that, that's the whole um, thinking behind Mary's Meals, meeting the immediate need uh, of the hungry child for food, but at the same time, tackling that underlying cause of, of poverty. And, and it's not just a nice idea, it, it works. You know, so in, in the very first school we began serving those meals in, in 2002, we could see immediately that children began coming who'd never been to school before because of that promise of the meal. And then, yeah, all children who were already in that school but couldn't learn because they never ate before school, they never ate at school. How can you concentrate and learn when right. you don't eat all day? Um, so they began progressing in school, began passing their exams. And uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. It wasn't so much that you were may have been missing the Edwards of the world because they weren't coming to a school, but you almost used that meal to attract them to the school so they knew they could get a meal and then at the same time they get an education. Exactly. That, that, that's what it's all about, you know, and, and, and we firmly believe that, that you know, the, the very great problems that those communities, those poorest nations face 
ultimately will only be solved by by those young people as they grow up, but only if they have um, the opportunity of, of an education to equip them to do that. That was 2002, and that was Malawi. It, Mary's Meals is much bigger than that. Yes, yeah, so we're, today we're serving meals in 13 countries, um, oh, nearly 1.2 million children every day, every school day, uh, eat Mary's Meals. So it's grown in this incredible way. Uh, Malawi is still by far our biggest program. So in just in Malawi, uh, we would have over 80,000 Malawian volunteers involved in this work. Nearly 30% of the Malawian school primary school population eat Mary's Meals at school. Magnus, is there a line, though, where the the government of the day isn't doing enough to feed their children or the political situation? Because I almost wonder if you can go and feed 1.2 million, there's a, a, a lot of situations where the government is saying, well, we sure don't have to do anything. It's been taken care of. Sure, and that's a really important question. And, and ultimately, we want to leave school feeding programs behind. We want to be redundant. Right. You know, we're not we're not kidding ourselves. That's a short term aspiration. This isn't isn't something that we can do for three or five years and then expect um, a country like Malawi to be able to provide universal school feeding. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's frustrating that governments don't move more quickly, that they don't make this more of a priority. Um, but I would say just looking at Malawi, there's really encouraging signs there. So even in the time we've been working there, for the very first time, the Malawian government have adopted a policy of universal school feeding. Now, today, they don't have the resources to do that in any meaningful scale. But the fact that they are stating that as something that should happen in their schools and publicly also stating that they've adopted that policy because they've seen the effects of Mary's Meals in their country... So it's it's wonderful to to that our work has influenced the government in that way at this stage. And while they're not going to be able to do this tomorrow, it's going to take some years. We're on a path to, yeah. towards that. Um, I'm speaking with Magnus McFarlane Barrow, and he will be speaking at Clearwater Academy tonight about Mary's Meals. And not it's much broader than Mary's Meals. Coming up after the break, maybe the message that Magnus will be giving at Clearwater Academy and how you, just listening, can say, well, maybe I can make a difference as well. I'm Angela Cocart. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. And my guest this half hour is Magnus McFarlane Barrow, the founder of Mary's Meals. And Magnus will be speaking at Clearwater Academy tonight. Magnus, uh, before the break, we were talking about how Mary's Meals began. And you said you go back to 92 when you did that uh, trip to Bosnia just to help out. And that sort of grew. And then in 2002, it became Mary's Meals. Are you... Is it a matter of collecting money to be able to then provide the different areas the the food they need to give the students the meals they need? Well, that that's certainly a crucial part of it. So, so we need to raise the funds that buys those you know one point two million meals every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, that food we're buying locally, and then all the local uh, work is done by volunteers in the community. Very often, parents of the children. You know, so in. Uh, Malawi, 80,000 volunteers, as I, me- as I mentioned. So that's one of the things I love about Mary's Meals. It's not like there's this divide uh, between the, the people in the West are doing all the giving and the people in the developing world are passively receiving it. Right. It's all of us walking together with the same goal of seeing the child fed every day. And how do you make sure it's the old, uh, not a handout, but a hand up? 
Well, that that's why for us the meal is always served in a place of of education. So, so we are meeting that immediate need of the hungry child. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, it's well established that that a basic education for all is the key to lifting the world's poorest communities out out of poverty. So we believe you know that this meal by drawing the poorest children into school uh, ultimately that that's going to play a huge part in setting these communities free from poverty. It was Edward who originally said what he would love when his mother was dying was to be able to be fed and then maybe go to school. So that was 2002. Where uh, Do you have any idea where Edward is now 14 years later? Well, after when Mary's Meals began, we didn't actually begin it in his area, in his village. Um, and after a few years went by and Mary's Meals had started to grow in this amazing way, I had a real desire to go back and find him. Mm-hmm. And I tried and I couldn't. Uh, first two or three times, we, we just couldn't find him. And then very recently, we were making a new film uh, about Mary's Meals um, a year a year or so ago, uh, and, we, and we managed to find him uh, back in the same village where I met him in 2002. And it was very moving. Uh, and I was actually a little bit nervous going back to meet him because I knew that he, really Mary's Meals had come too late for him. He was already 14 when I'd met him mm-hmm. and we didn't get to his area of Malawi for, for several years. And and sure enough, he was, he was still living in great poverty when I met him. Um, and it was quite hard, but there was a really beautiful moment. He's got one young son um, and it was really very moving to discover his son was just starting primary school where today we are serving Mary's Meals, you know, and, and Edward um, was just full of... of hopes for his own son and how he might have a different life um and it was you know i said to edward at some point have you have you heard of mary's meals and he said oh i think they're an organization that are feeding in two or three schools uh, around here he had no idea about this thing that's happened with mary's meals around the world so it was very amazing to be able to tell him what his words had had ignited right in the 14 years then, have there been stories where someone has been able to get that education and, and possibly rise from poverty? Yeah, absolutely. There, there has. And that's one of the exciting things at this stage uh, of our development as an organization. There's this whole um, generation of young people leaving school now, going on to paid employment or further education and doing all kinds of things who tell us, I never would have gone to school without Mary's Meals, or maybe I might not have been alive without without Mary's Meals. And and in fact, I, I mentioned we were making a film when we found um, Edward. It's an amazing documentary called Generation Hope, and it's really about the story of Mary's Meals through the eyes of those young people who are now going on and becoming the leaders of, of change in their own uh, communities. So that's a really wonderful thing at this stage to be able to meet those young people. You talk a lot about Malawi, but that's not the only place you are. How do you determine where Mary's Meals has to go? So um, very much is based on, on need. We feel part of our mission is to keep seeking out the very poorest uh, areas, the places of greatest need. So we get requests from Every day we're getting requests to bring Mary's Meals to different parts of the world. Um, and what we do is uh, look at look at needs. We look at things like uh, rates of, of malnourished children. We look at numbers of children out of school um, and go where we think Mary's Meals will have the biggest impact. You talk about the need for donations and people always, we, we watch our dollars. I mean, and it's tough economic times. And, and I've always encouraged listeners before you make that donation, know where the money is going. 
So can people be guaranteed the donations to Mary's Meal, and there is a Mary's Meal Canada, just to be clear here, that that is going where it should go? Absolutely, and that that would be one of our core values, is is to be absolutely transparent about how we use people's donations. Uh, We have a self-imposed rule that at least 93% uh, of donations are spent directly on, on the projects um, and we've actually always done much better than that. Um, it costs us on average $14.70 to feed a child for an entire school year. So small For a school year, just so people are clear, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, okay, is that a month? What is that? A year. Yeah, and I know that probably sounds quite hard to believe mm-hmm. on first hearing, but that is absolutely the, the case. And probably the main reason that we can do that is because of this huge army of volunteers uh, you can imagine how different that cost would be if we were employing those 80,000 volunteers in, in Malawi. Mm-hmm. Magnus, thanks so much for sharing the story. And I, I think it's great because uh, someone listening might just say, you know, maybe I can make a difference. Maybe I'll be talking to them in 10, 15 years. Uh, thanks so much again. Thank you. Magnus McFarlane Barrow, as I said, he's the founder of Mary's Meals. And I did mention there is a Mary's Meals Canada as well. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.